Join us on this multidimensional journey as we uncover the timeless connection between medicine, magic, spirituality, and the mysteries of the universe. I'm Olive. And I'm Raven. And this, this is, is the, the Double, Double Rainbow, Rainbow Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Double Rainbow Podcast. We're your hosts, Olivia and Raven, and today we're going to talk to sacred plant medicine practitioner, again, Everest Bond. Um, and this time we're going to go more into his path and others that are wanting to, you know, take similar paths and participate in plant medicine ceremonies. So thank you so much um, for doing the second part with us, Everest. Um, just as excited <laughs> as we were the last time. <laughs> so if you could just begin by sharing with us a little bit about your journey, about your story on becoming a plant servant, a um, sacred medicine practitioner. Mm. Wow, thank you for having me yet again on your beautiful podcast, such, a, such an honor. Um, I'm wearing the same shirt, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I will try to do my best to give a clear um, and concise kind of timeline of, of uh, my, my path so far. Um, for me, uh, as I think with a, a lot of people, especially a lot of Americans, it started with um, some experimentation in college. I was 19 or 20 years old and, you know, had all this newfound freedom and all this space and all this time and the ability to experiment with different things. So it started for me with cannabis. Um, which I feel is a, is a very strong and powerful and sacred plant ally um, that many people don't see as such, but it was, was and is uh, very important on my path as a, as a plant medicine and ally. And that work was primarily with myself. Um, that led me to exploring other substances, other compounds while I was in college. And that exploration pretty organically led me into a place of facilitation, even though I didn't know that I was doing it yet. Like I would just be the person who played all the music, you know, in the group of people that were doing LSD together. And I didn't like see at the time what that role was supposed to be. Um, but looking back on it now, it was a very clear, like gentle nudging, you know, of, of kind of how, how and where to walk. Um, and I'd say in my, my senior year of, of college, I reached a point where I was working with this specific medicine that is a vaporized form of DMT. And it's really powerful and really strong and really fast acting. And it was the first thing that I had dealt with where I, I didn't feel um, morally sound or at peace just giving it to someone and then saying like, bye, have fun. Um, I felt like I really had to be more of an integral part of that experience with people. So that was kind of my conscious agreement to 
uh, be a medicine carrier, I would say. And from that point, I started to feel the call to uh, Grandmother Ayahuasca, which is something a lot of people talk about is like you, you feel this call, whether it comes in a dream or through a conversation with a friend or something you find online, you just like, you feel the urge to explore this path and something I believe to be true and, and a lot of others agree with as well is that she, she reaches out to you. It's not that you like stumble upon her um, and that when you feel the call, you're ready. You know, you wouldn't feel the call if you weren't ready. So it was this kind of like, okay, I'm, you know, I hear you kind of knocking on the door and I um, slowly found the right resources. And of course, everything fell into place very naturally to have this experience in a good way. My initial experiences were with a, a group from Colombia who holds the medicine in a very beautiful way. Uh, I introduced Olivia to that same group and it was her first introduction to that medicine as well. And I could not be more grateful for those initial experiences that were held in such a strong and uh, pure container. And from there, I started working with the Native American church, which has branches all over um, the US and Canada. And they have traditionally worked with peyote as a sacred medicine, but in recent years have adopted ayahuasca into their practices. Um, so I started supporting them a lot. I got introduced to a dear brother and friend, Andrew, and he and I started holding some spaces together. And he uh, eventually convinced me to come down to Ecuador with him and start studying with his elders who he had been learning from. So it was this very, like when I look at it now, condensed, it, it all makes so much sense. And it's like, oh yeah, of course, everything happened exactly how it needed to. Um, in the moment, it was a bit of a, a mystery, you know, unfolding, um, but such a, a gentle and, and beautiful guiding. Uh, for me on this path. And I'm, I'm so grateful for just like the myriad of really wise and honest elders that I've been able to sit with and learn from. Completely. And I would just want to take this time to say thank you for, you know, I think we both um, introduced each other to things on this path. Honestly, um, like you said a bit a while ago, you hadn't heard about the word shamanism until I like told you about oh. it, and that that was a long time ago. Okay. That was a very was like... very no. This was years and years and years ago. But I just feel blessed to you know that we've got to explore this and discover together, and I really feel that you um, were one of the first people to like for me to like really see my medicine you know and see me as like the the plant you know uh steward that i am and i felt like i was able to do that for you as well you know and i think that that support was um like i don't know if we would both be here you know what i mean like without um each other and and what we catalyze for each other so i just want to say thank you and put that out into the universe and and if if you're it made me a little emotional. I oh know. Gosh. I'm like, um, oh, 
<laughs> no, it's really sweet. Like it was necessary. Um, and there's also a big part of your practice, like being a practitioner that we haven't talked about yet, which is your gift as also being a, a musician. And can you just talk about that and, and how that weaves into being a plant steward as well? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Olive, for the same. I could not agree more. Um, it's so important, I have found on this path, to have the student-teacher relationships, but more empowering and encouraging than anything else is those like peer relationships where yes. you're really going through the journey together and, and seeing each other eye to eye. So thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so the music, um, I have found to be a very pivotal part of the, the plant journey experience. Um, I've always had a inclination to music, I've always listened to music a lot, and for all of my childhood and my early adulthood, I was in the frame of mind that it just like wasn't a thing that I could do because it was beautiful, you know? Um, and my, my work with these plants actually is what I credit all of my current music making to because they really helped me see that that was a ridiculous notion and, you know, <laughs> broke down um, and, and helped me you know, nourish um, some of these gifts that, that all of us have. And that, that's not to say that all of us are going to be drawn to music specifically, but certainly all of us have these gifts, whether we're actively aware of them and using them or whether they're latent. Um, so big shout out to the plants for helping me. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, the music the music is such a joy for me. Uh, it's, it's a, to a large degree, a way for me to stay in that space between ceremonies, you know, um, without there being any need to ingest anything. It's at this point, I, it feels the same. If when right. I really in, in the flow of making music and in that that intuitive heart space, it's the same space that I'm in, in a plant medicine ceremony. So not only has it been really important in my integration process and my preparation process and all of that, but looking at it specifically, like in the context of, of the ceremonies themselves, um, hugely important. And I think any any culture that you study that works with any kind of plant medicine, you'll also find songs um, that have been passed down the lineage of people that, you know, pair with these different medicines that work in ceremony together. So I, I kind of see it in two different, um, serving two different purposes and, and one, is that the, as we spoke about last week, the plants have, or I believe that the plants have a spirit and that these spirits are 
highly invested in creating symbiosis on this planet between the plants, the animals, the humans, all these different beings in a way that we can live together in a, in a you know, in harmony. And um, I think harmony is the, is the key <laughs> because, you know, as powerful as these spirits are, um, they're spirits. And ultimately, they're not like condensed into the physical form. They they can't lay you down on an operating table and you know cut into you and remove a tumor or something. But they can channel themselves through people uh, and through music and shift things on physical and metaphysical levels through vibration and through sound. And I think that's a lot of what's happening in these ceremonies is that they're expressing themselves through whoever it is that might be sharing music practitioner or, or someone else um, in a way that is physically adjusting the, the space um, so that that i think is like the primary role of of the music and in addition to that i, I have kind of been uh, remembering and, and, and relearning that th that's a way, it's an offering as well, kind of to yeah. the spirit music. And it was a great uh, point that you mentioned last week about making offerings to these different plants. And from, for me, that's like, that's kind of the, the best, most authentic part of myself. I feel that I can offer um, is, is expressing the music, not for any other reason than to share it with the plant um like having a friend <laughs> yeah. over and i think the, any the form of creativity plant. like as an offering is really the like the bet not the best way but is a really clear way of i'm offering this to you like i am you know what i mean like tapping into that creative source inside of yourself um purely just to to share it like i think that is the best offering in my opinion but yeah, so I could beautiful. totally see that. I think that that's beautiful. That's amazing. Um, that was worded so well. Thank you for sharing it that way. Uh, do you have anything else before we go on to um, something a little bit different? Is there anything else that you needed to add about that or you feel good with that? Um, I think I feel good. I will just say that um, It's uh, the well. Yeah, it's that's like a whole we're getting whole other thing. Whole, okay, we could go <gasps> down the rabbit hole again next yeah. time. Next time. <laughs> Wait, but just to clarify, because I I don't know. Um, I've only seen pictures. Is what do you play? Like, what kind of music is it? Like, what in, do you use? Like every instrument. Um. Cool. Okay, that's actually perfect because okay. like I wanted to say something, but I wasn't quite sure how to how to plug yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was wanting to say and then was hesitant about opening up this can of worms is like the the way that the ceremonies flow, um, or at least the way that I've found is is helpful and beneficial to myself and to others is like there's and. I'll take this now just as like a, 
something that I'll say before I get into anything else. Um, each of these plants and all of the different cultures associated with these plants, the, the music varies radically. So, you know, it's going to be totally different depending on who you're sitting with and what compound and, and within what ceremonial structure. That being said, um, in the work that I'm doing mostly these days, which is with ayahuasca, I have found that the best methodology for the music and the flow of the ceremony is um, keeping things really, really simple for the first half of the evening. And that usually looks like uh, a shaker and your voice and like maybe a drum. Okay. But it, it's like super streamlined and that's kind of the time during the ceremony where I'm carrying some of these different lineage songs that I've learned from, from different practices. Um, some of the songs that have been given to me to hold and to share with other people. And to a large degree, that's kind of where I feel that the magic is happening, so to speak, which is what I was referring to earlier about the, the vibration shifting things in people's bodies and in the space itself. Um, and I think that's more than the words that are said or the language that they're said in, like these songs are sung and shared and passed on in a certain way because they vibrate in a certain right. way. And I think right. it brings people into coherence with themselves. So yes, that's what I'm saying. Does it attune? Do you think that it attunes the people um, in the circle to the vibration of the music and that's what's happening is they're aligning with the vibration. Yes, I totally do. Um, if you're, if you've ever seen, you know, water vibrate mm -hmm. like on top of a speaker or in any kind of weird context, um, it's the same thing that's happening within your body because your body is like 70 something percent water. And so when you're putting these vibrations out, you're restructuring the water in your body. Um, and I think it, I, I'm hesitant to word use the word ikaros because that has a very specific context within a specific lineage. But more generally speaking, these songs, I would say, are the the songs of the plants you know yes. like if if the plant could sing this is what it would sound like i see that makes <laughs> sense so you're attuning to the vibration of the plant so then when you're ingesting the plant it's there's coherence is that sort of what you're Precise. saying okay. exactly <laughs> raven see you're getting it you're getting i'm it. getting it <laughs> i feel the call <laughs> I love you. Um, so we could talk about this forever, but we have a few more things we want to fit into this episode. So something that, um, and Raven, you might want to like ask this question because this was more your thing, but something we really wanted to get into is like, if you're curious about this path and you're curious about going down this path, you know, how to do so respectfully, how to do so in right relationship um, with the medicines and with the cultures, how to do so ethically, um, because, you know, there's a lot of controversy around that. Like, do, Raven, do you have anything specifically you want to say, some of your concerns? Or... Yeah, I, I just think because, you know, this is so new to me and obviously it's something I want to do and I'm intrigued by and I've done like research on, 
but I, I sort of feel, um, like it may not be my place to, to, um, do it or to wonder about it. And so it's kind of hard to even, it, it's almost taboo in a way. Um, or at least it is in my area, in my community. And so just having this open discussion, I think is really huge. And I just want to know how to do it, not correctly, but in a way that's like you said, respectful. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to take all these new med. I'm not trying to, um, just have this experience. Like this is really important for some people. We're really drawn to it and we really want to experience this, but are we allowed to, if you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of an awkward conversation <laughs> it's to have because I'm white, like I'm all white. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. You tell me, Everest. You tell me sure. what what okay. what is your experience? You know what I mean? Did you get any resistance when you um stepped in, even though I know that you have some lineage and, and culture, but did you feel resistance or do you feel it now that you're a practitioner? For sure. And it's it's such a such an interesting thing, and it comes up in my life a lot because I'm white too. And like <laughs> I have I do have roots in Mexico and and there is you know a, a traditional practice of using some of these plants in Mexico so like when I really do get down into my lineage I I know that there is um a path kind of already maybe pre-carved out for me there but at the end of the day when I walk into a room I'm a 25 year old white guy you know and that's that's what I look like to everyone um that's what I present and for sure this comes up a lot um it came up when I was on the other side of more of the receiving side but it definitely comes up a lot more when I'm on the facilitator side of things and I have had a lot of those same feelings um for a variety of reasons one being you know, ethnic reasons, one being my age, I'm very young, most people doing this work in this way are twice my age, at least. Um, so there's like this series of things that continuously brings in a sense of imposter syndrome for me. <laughs> and I think that's really good. Like I'm happy that it's there because it keeps me humble and it keeps me on my toes. Um, and, and I think that these questions are really good and healthy to be asking, like, should I, should I be doing these things? Is there a way to be doing these things in a, in a way that is good for me and good for other people and good for the plants? And, you know, just asking these questions and having these concerns is a clear demonstration that you're, that you are doing things in a respectful way. Um, you know, you're, you're taking the time to really contemplate. Um, what I what I've learned and what has been shared with me from some some elders and some people that I really um, respect and admire is that there was a period of time on on this earth, a long period of time where these were ancestral medicines to be used in a specific place within a specific culture. That's 
where they grew that's how they came about and like that's that was there was structure there and and i think maybe a, a an importance in keeping that structure um and what has been shared with me recently and shared with with many others is that there simply isn't time for that anymore <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i could not agree with that more actually <laughs> yeah it's the the medicines and and this like whenever i hear this from a person they're saying that it came from the medicine you know that the medicine is is saying it's time for people and you know we're seeing it in a lot of different ways like when i mentioned earlier the native american church that traditionally works with peyote kind of adopting this other medicine that grows in south america things like that and you can see you know elders and people who are sharing this medicine that lived in the same village for 40 or 50 years and now they all of a sudden are traveling worldwide and sharing this medicine with huge varieties of different people and it seems like a kind of a universal call that it's time it's time to wake up and like everyone everyone should have access to these tools um so that has become my baseline foundation at this point is of course there there are people practitioners um who are serving in a way that is not respectful or beneficial or healthy to themselves and to other people and that is always something that's happening and always something that needs to be acknowledged but holding my foundation in in the feeling and the belief that um these medicines really are for all of us you know and we need we need them <laughs> and what you said is so important that you know this message is coming from the plant spirits and through the medicine keepers and that's who we need to listen to okay because i don't know if you all have noticed this but i've seen a lot of um, commentary around this topic from people that have no experience with the medicines they have no roots whatsoever in the practices they themselves have never even talked to a medicine practitioner and they're out here saying that these plants should never leave their geographical location and anybody who doesn't have um you know come from that dna lineage should not work with them and you know i think like yeah there's stuff about that that makes sense you know but like where is that information coming from is that what the actual medicine keepers are saying you know yeah um everybody has opinions and we yeah. can re you know we can respect each other's opinions but at the end of the day what's the most important opinion with the plant medicine it's the plant spirit and the and <laughs> the traditional plant medicine keepers you know that should be the guiding voice um it on this topic it, it's not just everybody's random opinion on it you know so i'm really glad that you brought that up everest and that you shared those messages um and really explored that it's important um for us to heal like collectively and that's what's the most important and to use these um like experiences in a very respectful way and honoring them, you know, is the most important part. Um, 
So thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, if people still have issues with the fact that we're talking about it, like we'd love to hear why, like, we're not trying to just shut everybody down, but like after hearing that, if you still are like, no, you know, nobody should be using that. I, we want to know why we would just love to know. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Do y'all have any more to say on that or. That he, you did a great job answering that. I feel like, um, that was perfect. <laughs> Okay. Um, and so really quick, just like off of that, I wanted to just bring up and just so people know <laughs> the legality of yeah. um, sacred plant medicines, the legality of, you know, consuming them um, and being a practitioner or being a participant. So like right now, I'll share a little bit about what I know. And then Everest, if you could share as well, a little about about what I know. So as of right now, um, there are exceptions assert, like in the united states there are certain exceptions when you can participate in certain um medicine ceremonies and ever tell me if i'm wrong on this but i'm pretty sure the native american church is one of those where they have legal permission essentially to be um, performing these plant medicine ceremonies but as a whole as like a blanket law um you know any substance that has dmt in it is like a schedule what's it called like schedule one drug or whatever um like the highest <laughs> just crazy like the highest severity you know for punishment um so on average you know like these these plants um are criminalized the people who grow them and distribute them are criminalized except if you fit into these certain exceptions or if you're associated with some of these groups who have the exceptions yeah um it is murky water for <laughs> and everywhere in the world really but probably no more murky than right here at home in the united states um they've really really done it and by they i just mean that the government has done a, a really good job at um suppressing these these different plants and the the culture that comes with them uh, there's so much research that we could be doing and so much progress that we could be making in a really beautiful and, and healthy way that simply isn't possible because of the, the legality. And in addition, uh, the people that are facilitating these experiences that are traveling with and sharing these medicines and doing this work are are taking on a tremendous amount of risk yeah. just by just by existing and and choosing to to do this um so it's it's yeah it's, it's really worth uh acknowledging that that it's it's not a light matter in any sense, you know, it, 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 <laughs> no. very, very serious spiritual and physical work. And it's also um, usually highly illegal. So it's, yeah, it, it, it carries tremendous weight. And you are absolutely right about the Native American church having a very specific exemption, which is uh, initially a big part of why I got involved with them. Um, it did bring me some degree of comfort to think that uh, I was going to be protected. Um, 
now at this point in my work, I just know that I'm protected and, and that's kind of a non-issue, but yeah, we are, we're living in like radically shifting times as well. I mean, we can look at the um, progressive legalization of cannabis that's happening in the United States and psilocybin as well. And there are clinics in Canada and Mexico that are working with some of these other DMT-based medicines. Um, so things are, sh things are changing like really rapidly in our lifetime and that is super exciting. Um, I'm glad that that we're getting to have conversations like this, you know, openly. Um, and I, I hope that we can just continue to to make progress towards a more open and accepting society. A hundred percent. So, like, I guess my question is because you know, obviously, I've never done this before. Um, if you didn't have any like friends um, that are plant practitioners, you didn't have any friends that have done this before, like you can't just Google where to go to an ayahuasca ceremony or like, so how do you do um, get there? Like, um, how, yeah, like how do you get there? Do you find it? Do you stumble upon it? Do you have to know someone? Um, that kind of thing like are there are there retreats going on that people we don't know are happening how often do they like I have no idea I'm like how many retreats are there in the United States like yeah that that is a great point and fantastic question um I like to to see it as similarly uh as like the mycelium the mycelial network that's under the the earth so you see these mushrooms <laughs> pop up but then there's this whole thing that's happening underground that like none of us are really looking at or consciously aware of and in in that same way there's this these like vast networks of people that are doing this work and traveling with these medicines and sharing these experiences um and to a large degree it's just not on the internet all that much because of the the legal issues so yeah. like for me a lot of most if not all of my introductions came from people that I know or that I met. It was like word of mouth, straight up. That's probably the best way is to just actually know a human being and be able to talk to them about where they have gone and, and recommendations that they have. And, and then it's like this, all you need is, is to get one little foot in the door and then the door just like opens wide up and, and you, for me, I, I got connected with one person kind of by happenstance that brought me into my first ceremony. And then from that initial ceremony, I got connected with so many other people um, who led me down all these other different paths. So probably the, the best advice that I have for people is don't try to find a plant medicine ceremony on Google. Because if it's on Google, it's probably not somewhere you want to be. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> said that, William. <laughs> she told yeah. me that earlier. She's like, those are yeah. probably not the ones you want to go to. And I'm like, meh. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's a good rule of thumb. Um, <laughs> it's, it's you, yeah, you just want to, to have someone that you trust um, be able to guide you to the best of their ability. And that 
guidance may be them leading you to the end goal, or it may just be connecting you with another person who's going to connect you with the next person. And it may be this like series of events that need to happen. Um, what I will say is that I'll return to that point of um, you, I, I think when you are ready uh, to have an experience like this, the medicine finds you and things as they did for me and as they did for so many others that I've talked to, they just kind of fall into place. You know, when you're supposed to meet the person, you meet the person and you have the conversation and things just unfold in a way that gets you where you need to be. Um, that being said, I am a person with resources and I have <laughs> talked to other people who might need those resources. So I'm sure we can put some links in, in the bio and um, I will will open that up for people to to feel free to reach out to me in the future. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so basically, end of the day, talk to people. Yeah. Um, if you're feeling the call, just make sure you put yourself out there and start talking to people. Don't Google it. Yeah. Um, one last thing. One last thing before we go. I was hoping we could talk about. Um, is this concept of integration. So we're talking about being a practitioner, being a participant, um, how to do it. Okay, but what about afterwards? You know, it's this great healing experience. Um, what about when it's all said and done? And that is the process of integration. So what does that even mean? A quick way to explain it is integration is about you know taking the experience you had taking that wisdom taking that journey and not just leaving it in the past you know of like uh and now i'm going back to my regular life right you took the medicine because you wanted to heal you took the medicine to change and to grow and so this is actually a really important part of that process this is the less um passive part you know this is where you take those experiences and you fold those lessons in you fold those messages in you fold that experience into your daily life so that you can be more whole and um it actually is pretty unspoken about, I would say a lot of the times people think they just go and then they're good and they're done. But mm -hmm. honestly, after one of these ceremonies, your whole life can fall apart, you know, because <laughs> you're, you're so much is changing. You're thinking about everything differently. You're making different choices. So integration is about, um, you know, not just putting it in the past, but taking those things and working it into your um, daily life and really um, also integrating like the changes that have happened and that you underwent so that they are um, sustainable. Everest, we lost you. You're back. Yeah, sorry about that. Do you have anything to say about integration or that process? Yes, I do. So, so important. Um, such an interesting topic. Really interesting also to look at it through the indigenous cultural lens. Um, a lot of times when the word integration gets brought up with like my, some of the people that I learned from in South America and Ecuador, they, it's not, it's not a part of, um, the process for them in the same way that it is for us, because in places where these plants are commonly used by the majority of adults in a community, they're all kind of the whole community is going through these shifts together. Together, oh. you try to like fit yourself into a place that maybe you don't fit into anymore. Things are things are moving and flowing in a different way. 
Um, but for us here in this crazy place that we all live, there is a huge need for integration. I think it's, it's uh, incredibly important. And as I said, either earlier today or earlier last week, sorry about my uh, terrible setup here. Um, it's, it's, uh, you could, you could have one really beautiful journey and spend the rest of your life integrating that experience and that you probably wouldn't ever get bored or tired of it. Like there's so many lessons and so many different ways to embody, um, the teachings and to a large degree, I think, as we were talking about earlier with this idea of the experience itself uh, and the music that is shared, like altering the structure, the physical structure of your body and the water in your body. For me, that's a large part of what integration is, it is holding that new frequency. Like, so you've right. had a fundamental shift in the structure of your being through one of these ceremonies and then the work is to be able to hold it there and to, to maintain that new level rather than falling back into the space that you were in before you came. Right. And, can, like, go ahead. and like falling back into it, especially in the Western society is a little bit inevitable, inevitable, you know, but that doesn't mean you have to get stuck in it. And that's why integration is important. Like you may kind of slip back into some of those things, you know, old ways of being, but it's not permanent and you don't have to stay there. And that's what integration can really help with. So like if you do, you know, start worrying <laughs> that you're slipping up a little bit, like not all is lost. Does that make sense, right. Raven? Yeah. And I feel like some of the words that Everest is saying are like, they're getting me a little bit because um, you were saying like embodying the teachings and for me because i think of everything as like energy for me that is um stepping into and cloaking yourself like you would in an archetype in that teaching and like becoming the teaching you know like vibrationally and so if like if that's what integration is that makes a lot more sense to me than sort of i feel like in this world they tell you that integration is like learning from experience, like learning it, like, you know what I'm saying? And so that is totally not the same. Yeah. Like, I feel like integration, they're just like, oh, well, that's learning from your experience or that's carrying with you, you know, what you've been taught from this, but that's not really what it is. It sounds like <laughs> it's a yeah. little different. Yeah. It sounds different. It sounds a lot more spiritual than, um, what people talk like, you know, therapists and all those kinds of people um when I've heard them say integration where it's like just accepting parts of yourself it's accepting the different faucets when really it's embodying this new vibration new whatever you know while you have to go back into that old space because <laughs> yeah. that's the important yeah, yeah, part yeah, yeah. you're you're going by most people don't have like you're not going to like a new freaking house and job after you do this I mean you're going back to the same stuff so now you have to figure out and how to maintain like ever said that vibration in those in those spaces that you were in as maybe a different um, vibration or version of yourself so thank you so much for explaining that so beautifully yeah. um, if y'all are interested I do um, some integration work actually 
Obviously, I do one-on-one. I hope to do group stuff in the future, but you know, all the stuff that's been going down. So um, basically, uh, if you want more information on that, reach out to me personally. Um, but you know, I've I've been through this path. I'm on this path. You're never done. And um, so I love walking with people on this path and really uh, supporting them on their integration process. Um, So that looks like all the time that we have. (laughs) I can't believe that just flew by. Oh my gosh. I am so, so freaking happy and grateful that this all came together with you two. That was amazing. Thank you so much, Everest, for being our guest. Yes. I'm Olive. And I'm Raven. And this this is is the the Double Double Rainbow Rainbow Podcast. Podcast.